Good afternoon, Seattle. Good afternoon to Boston, Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Are you still out there, Boston? Good afternoon to the people of Toledo and the people of Mexico. Good afternoon to the sky dwellers and the mountain men and women who travel up and down those hills in search of beaver. It's Saturday, March the 20th, 2021, and this is the 14th installment in the ongoing series, the, the rediscovered, re-energized, rehydrated, defrosted, prison-style lectures of Charles Manson. Dr. Ruth Herbrington and Mr. Ken Hayes discovered the lost works of Charles Manson in 2019 while they were drinking too much in Tallahassee. They got really drunk one night in the old Marine Bar in Tallahassee. They got into a fight with a Cajun. They, they said, you're, you're freaking, you're freaking blackened fish. That's a terrible dish. Why don't you go make me up some bouillabaisse? Or some gumbo? Yes, while Dr. Ruth Herberington, professor of transcendental thinkery at Bowling Green University, and Mr. Ken Hayes, Ken Hayes of the Research Triangle, Ken Hayes, the expert of the Carolinas, Ken Hayes, knowledgeable in fingerprints and signatures, etchings, Mayan pictographs, they were in Tallahassee in 2019. They got wasted and drunk and got into a fight with a Cajun about his gumbo. And in the process of battling the Cajun, Dr. Ruth and Ken discovered a metal box in the bathroom. They were going to use the metal box to beat the Cajun to death. But on it, it said the last thoughts, the secret thoughts, the, the tapes and the toilet paper etchings and the bits of cardboard 
the bits of soiled paper covered in poop and vomit and urine. In that metal box were the secrets of Charles Manson uh, that revealed the truth of a series of lectures that Charles Manson gave between 1997 and 1999. Amazing. I met Dr. Ruth Hurrington when I was sailing the world back in the 70s. Back in 75, my sailing boat was near the port of Androsia. I met Dr. Ruth Herbington because she was bathing nakedly on a beach there. Yes, with the Mediterranean blue and the white sand mixed with her, you know, beautiful, sexy, you know, kind of white, but very sexy looks and, you know... I didn't want her to get sunburned. So I offered, you can come on board my sailboat, baby. Back in the 70s, this was a big deal if you rode your sailboat into some Greco-Roman harbor and you saw some beautiful naked woman. You might call out from your sailboat with your Mr. Microphone, hey, baby. Coming back to pick you up later. It was love back in the 70s. Love, love, love style. Special cushion, pushing love, soft, fuzzy, furry love, purple, purple, VD love. Crabs, herpes, syphilis, and gonorrhea. That was love, too, in the 70s. That was also love. So back in 75, I was on my sailboat, and I saw Dr. Ruth, and we hung out for a really great, sordid, sexy... Misty, moist, adult-appropriate weekend. At the time, I was about, you know, 50 Boblimtok years old, maybe 45, I don't know. I had a little gray hair. I'd just gotten done, retired from the brand-new National Football League as a point-after-touchdown right tackle. I was ready to do the Gene Hackman thing, you know? Become a frickin' private eye, maybe? You can connect the dots, can't you? Night moves. But here's the deal. Because of the work of Dr. Ruth Herrington, who's amazing and beautiful and sexy, We now have several of the lost lectures of Charles Manson recovered. These are prison-style lectures. These are gritty and nasty and real. They lay out a vision of the past and a vision of the future. They are the correctitude of the existential magnet. They are the reason why the grime in your sink is building up and you're not going to do anything about it. 
70s. You remember the 1970s when it was sexy and crazy? You had bell-bottom jeans. You had polyester wing collars. You could fly back in the 70s with your imagination. You could cruise to the sky with your polyester wing collar, your leopard print, your polyester slacks, and your slip-on shoes. You could fly in your bell-bottoms to the sky. Anywho. Dr. Ruth has done great work on the recovery of these lectures. So has Ken Hayes. Ken Hayes has revolutionized the world of scanners. And when I say scanners, I don't mean grocery scanners. I don't mean that Philip K. Dick ripoff bullshit through a scanner darkly, you fuck. I mean the classic sci-fi film Scanners, whereby if you focus your mind on someone, you can melt their mind, and by melting their mind, you free their soul, and if you free their soul, if you free their soul, if you free their soul, aren't you doing something? Something may be okay? Yeah. Maybe not. That's called murder. It's called murder. And murder is wrong. But in these lost lectures of Charles Manson, we're speaking to a vibe, a tune, a thread. A thread that matches 2020. And 2021. And so we are on the 14th lecture, and the 14th lecture is titled, and I'll read this for you, Lecture 14, given on February the 2nd, 1998, before his friends at the prison complex, Lecture Manson, Lost Manson Lecture 14, the title is Helter Skelter. Yes, this is really based. This is formative shit. It's formative and it's basic. So if you're not tapped into this lecture, you're not going to understand Helter Skelter and you're not going to understand how it never ended.
Lecture 14, Helter Skelter, given by Charles Manson on February the 2nd, 1998, before his friends and buddies at the prison complex. A few security guards were there. Probably the FBI and the CIA as well. They were listening. Mother Burden, Mother Burden, Father Knife. Come soup. That's where we're from, you know. Come soup. We come from poisons and gases and heat and water and time. We come from the soup of ages, fucker. Cooking in the chasm of nature, the great vagina. vagina. All that soup, proteins and acids and single-celled creatures. <laughs> All that soup and proteins and acids and single-celled creatures. And today it is still there. It is still here. You, when you were born, you emerged from the cum soup, just like life. Just like life a, a bazillion goblillion boblimptock years ago, it slimy cry, crawled out of a nasty giant chasm filled with soupy, nasty, gross, salty cum soup. So you, like the salamander that woggled its way out of the cum soup five or four billion, or maybe it was 600 million years ago, who the fuck knows but Darwin, right? Even today, when you are born from the mother, the mother burden, you emerge from that same estuary of pain. Same estuary of Bain. Racialism. <laughs> Racialism. Fuck. Soup gets mixed up, man. Soup gets mixed up and confused, brothers and sisters. They sell us this division, this subdivision. Real estate racism scheme. Some dude wants to open a Starbucks, so he says, Look, fuck, that guy who owns that old cafe is racist. And the racialists move in, burn out the old dude, probably a black dude. And they open a Starbucks to fight racism. Racialist armies are forming up, brothers and sisters. Nobody knows how far this will go.
racialist armies are forming up, brothers and sisters. Nobody knows how far this will go. Dark forces want us at each other's throats. And we are the banded heroes of lore. And if your mother whore screams at you, tell her to back off and take her oils. A great fire is coming, brothers and sisters. A great fire will be unleashed. A fire to clean the earth of barren witch maidens and radioactive ghost soldiers. A fire to clean the earth of barren witch maidens and radioactive ghost soldiers and all the Klebushak funkin' folk of Region 6. I hate those guys. They eat their soup backwards. All serve their mother whore earth goddess. Your mother whore is your mother burden. Your mother whore is your mother burden. Remember that on Mother's Day. I don't know if Hallmark sells a card, but you should buy one. Hey, mother whore. You are my mother burden. The knife that severs the umbilical cord is named Father. And he's angry and covered in mud. Crazy. Old men with fungus growing on their feet, toenails covered in mucus and friggin' monk. It itches so much that you grab some hydrochloric acid and toss it on your feet just to get the damn things clean. And after the smell of it, the resin, the bones exposed and the rats licking on your wounds. This is when you detect the drainage and the pill madness of city dwelling. This is when you detect the drainage and the pill madness of city dwelling. The mother burden is the toe jam, and the knife is the thrill pistol. It's Saturday night, baby. Do you have your thrill pistol? Do you have it in hand? Are you ready to go, baby? Grab your thrill pistol and hit the road, brothers and sisters. Racism, racism is the new joy juice. Racism is the new joy juice for our lizard self. We can feed on atrophy and separation from the mother burden to find our father knife giver. In the forge of our red temple, the dark leering Jingus freaks eat mock liver and hunt cactus shrimp. Bury the hookers. 
Bury the hookers. Bury the hookers of your mind deep in the dirt. Button aimed and weak kneed bracing with old monkey priests and plastic whale zebras. And your woman is covered in scroton and penguin blood. Your love blister filled and engorged and building, and you have to unload. But the store's closed, man. The store's closed. The sign says not open for business, man. And your toaster is broken. The toast, something you find in Tucson, covered in old dead squirrels. This is how we should arm ourselves. I want to build 10-gauge, I said 10-gauge. I want to build 10-gauge glunket guns using high-grade steel pipe. I will hand them out to my posse and we will search for the star travelers. I will mill brass knuckles from old pennies and tell the witch by the oak what she can do. We will cut out links of chain and hand this chain out to the young ones so they can practice chasing commies down the street. Cool your jets, sinister chaplain, I say every day I say, cool your jets, sinister chaplain. Lay siege to your own foxhound glory. Steam clean your Cleveland steamer. And take heed of old mudhounds cutting at your flesh. Cutting at your body with razor blades and bored looks of dismay. Gormlessly, right? Take your apprehension and your derision and mail that to the Pope. For our mission is to bend the will of the craven and mangled masses. We are going to serve swamp cake and greggle bread and warm turtle and slug soup. You better cook the slugs well. Cook those damn slugs well in the slug soup. The parasite will enter your brain and eat away all your shame and regret and leave you a husk. Cook the slug and until it is black and crispy so you can avoid the parasite that will eat your brain and destroy you. I kept telling the family that our daily bread was mashed woodpecker and squirrel and old sticks of sweaty dynamite. I keep hearing the refrain, can't we have the TV dinner, uh, father? Can't we have the TV dinner, Charles? I scream at these whore captains and all I get is acrid grief. racial separation and oneness. I took a trip to St. Martin's last autumn. I saw Doc Friegix and I laid down on his couch 
and he took his metal spike and he tore out my morose obsessions. Frigix pulled out winch weasels and turnip lathes and chunks of plutonium and old bricks and dried albino monkey shit. All of it coming from my subconscious mind. Frigix grabbed my mother burden and tossed it on the table. He said, Look at your shame, and I did. Fucking Dr. Frigix. I looked at the shame of mankind and his hate and his stupidity. I looked at colors red, black, white, yellow, purple, green colors were everywhere and judgment was everywhere, because death is everywhere. Your Thanatos is your Eros and your death uncle, further explained Dr. Frigix. And then that fuck just looked at me, his wired-up peepers, his sweaty armpits, his stink. Old man mixed with homeless man mixed with dog shit halitosis dying inside stink. And he looked at me and he stared into me and told me the story, the story. He gave me the answer. He gave me the answer, buddy. This is the story relayed to me, Charles Manson, your prison friend. This is the story relayed to me by Dr. Frigix when he was diving into my mind. He told me the story. He explained to me where it all came from. The racism, the racialism. Francisco Bizarro of Spain. This is the story of our mind and the helter-skelter solution that Dr. Frigix related. In 1977, Bo Blimtok, yes, in 1977, Francisco Bizarro of Spain set out on a great journey to find the secret of why people can be so fucking terrible. He was given a commission by the High Queen Elton John and enough funds to buy a Ford Pinto and beat around North America for a year or two in style, with plenty of cocaine. Francisco went to New York City in search of mankind's bullshit hate, and he found anger and rage and sadness and moping and angst and tears and rudeness. But he found no single indication that the quote-unquote racism lived in New York City. Not in the Big Apple. That's not where it started. So Francisco drove to Los Angeles. City of Angels. Fuck. He drove to Los Angeles. He hung out with the drifters and CIA spun jerks of Laurel Canyon. 
he dropped acid and planned bank heists and decided, uh, and decided, no, rather designed a tunnel into space. Can you imagine that, brothers and sisters and fellows and guards and prison wardens? Can you imagine Francisco Bizarro designing a tunnel into outer space? He did that in 1977. He lived on the beach and drank Mai Tais and consumed the glumpto flesh. Let's read that once more. He lived on the beach and drank Mai Tais and consumed glumpto flesh. ties and consumed glumpto flesh crazy he consumed that glumpto flesh that those surfer cowboys left vomited by the corner of the outdoor shower all hairy and dead like cats wandering the congo looking for mine prunes francisco endured california's wannabe superheroes and cult kooks and crazy egomaniacs, and still zilch, brothers, zilch, nothing, nada. So Francisco consulted the high priest of racial bullshit, Jesse fucking Jackson. He cornered Jesse one night. Jesse had been trolling college sophomores looking for young snatch. Jesse wanted to feel young again. To have his man juices spread out like rivers in the valleys of juice and volcanic glass. Francisco was hanging at two nickels, a hangout for Jesse, and, f and found him by himself in a booth in the back. Hey Jesse, I'm Francisco. Francisco? I'm drunk! Jesse shouted back. I'm drunk. Jesse, why are people so fucking racist? What is the root of racism, of this racism? And Jesse just simply said, in the most quiet, sober way possible, he simply muttered, Denmark. Jesse muttered, Denmark. He began shaking. His eyes darted back and forth. Denmark, some wretchedly terrible and nasty, grimy, grimy fucking mold-covered fuckola in motherfucking Denmark. She is the mother whore, the mother burden, the father knife, Denmark. Francisco had a million dollars left, just enough to buy a ticket to Copenhagen and enough cocaine. Francisco arrived in Copenhagen and immediately he went to the National Danske Museum of the Danish National Museum of Hate and French Bulldogs, you fuck. Francisco saw Dr. Hoodles. Hoodles was born in Brigkolten near Spitzfuken. 
good old Hoodles. We love Hoodles. You ever been to Vrig Colton? Have you ever been near Spitzfuken in Denmark? It's wonderful. I get all my land crab from there. His parents, Dr. Hoodle's parents, raised cane rat for tacos. They sold to the rich overlords. Because of the Yanti law, the Yanti law, the Yenta law, whatever you want to say it, they were forbidden from having hopes or dreams, expectations or goals, but they were allowed to raise cane rat for taco meat. That's so nice. He, Mr. Hoodles, I mean Dr. Hoodles, he didn't go to university. Yeah. Dr. Hoodles, he studied hate in elementary school as all Danish kids were expected. He was considered very proficient at hate studies and hate analytics and, and I quote, advanced techniques for identifying people and places to hate. He was recommended for advanced training at the Copenhagen University for the study of hate and French bulldogs and herpes. This was big. This was huge. But this is all historical bullshit, as my old friend Ivan would say. Francisco was anxious and tired and going through early cocaine withdrawals. Francisco wanted one simple answer to one basic question. Why are people assholes to each other based on racial nonsense? Hoodles thought on the question, looking into the night and drinking some whiskey and smoking a cigarette, as all Danish people are wont to do. And I quote, The crux of this thing is the quantum enfoldment of dematerialized herring sperm. Herring sperm? Francisco wondered. Herring sperm? Oh, but no, there's more, said Dr. Hoodles. Dr. Hoodles went on to explain that 1,000 years ago, a bunch of weird herring had some kind of weird herring fish orgy in the Baltic Sea. A bunch of their fucked up sperm goop washed up on the shores of Denmark. At the time, Denmark was just a colony for hookers who had herpes. This pile of goop, it changed over time into some kind of green and greasy and mossy, and mossy fucked up cocoon. Out of that fucking cocoon, the first French bulldog, the first Frenchie, the first French bulldog to ever fucking exist came out of that fucking cocoon. His name was Helter Skelter. And he was nasty and smelly and angry and a terrible spittle or foam drool would dangle from his diseased-infused mouth all the fucking time. Helter-skelter had sex with a Danish hooker. And, you know, the hooker had herpes. And the child, well, the hooker was named Grigahubis. They are the secret ancient first king and queen of Denmark. They are buried near Norgus Water Treatment Facility, not far outside of Spitzmugel. It is believed. 
They, the first king and queen of Denmark, Helter Skelter and Grigahubis, they had a child named Lindo. Lindo married the hooker Shintaz. And this bullshit of fucking and naming and begetting went on for centuries, brothers. And this is where and how and when the modern Danish people as we know them, this is where they came from, the truth of the deal. Shakespeare knew. Read your Hamlet. Yes, the first king and queen of Denmark, Helter Skelter, the French bulldog, and the famous, the famous, I need, I need some more coffee here. The famous Danish hooker from the 10th century, or really rather the, yeah, maybe like early 11th century AD, Griga Hubis, she was best known for what she could do with her tongue. But you wanted to check for blisters. They had a kid named Lindo. Lindo married the hooker Shintaz. And this bullshit went on and on and on. And this is where the Danish people came from. And this is also why people are so fucking racist and angry, brothers. Because the Danes created, because they were generational hookers with herpes, a super herpes. That makes everybody hyper-obsessed with skin color and body shape. Imagine a kind of rabies that's a super herpes. But instead of being afraid of water, you're obsessed with, you know, the color of people's skin and shit and stupid shit like that. You you really, you know, yay, what kind of books do you have? Oh, you shouldn't read that book. They created a super herpes that is really the source of racialism. But interestingly enough, even though the super herpes makes you critical of skin color and fashion and clothes and body shape, you kind of ignore body odor, interestingly enough. Also, this particular herpes causes people to deride others and for, yeah, and just make fun of them. Get it? All right. Get it? Understand the truth of the Danes, the truth of Helter Skelter. Helter Skelter was a Frenchie, the first one. <sighs> And Francisco had just enough money left to buy a kilo of premium cocaine. Yes, he had enough money left in his budget from the queen, Francisco Bizarro, to buy one good kilo of premium, non-laxative, no-poopy-pants cocaine.
Yes, Francisco had enough money for some cocaine, and so Francisco and Dr. Hoodles and a bunch of hookers went off into the distance. They went to Tivoli, Tivoli in Denmark, make-believe Italian wonderland, and they hung out there, and they did cocaine, and they did drugs, and they dreamed. They dreamed. Do you remember when human beings used to just dream? This has been the 14th Rediscovered Lecture in the series of Manson Lectures. This one was titled Helter Skelter. It's formative. It's based. If you want to understand Helter Skelter, you have to understand the story of the Danish people and how basically racism is an STD. And <laughs> the best advice is don't, you know, fuck a racist. That's like really good advice. Don't fuck a racist because otherwise you might get the bug, the drip. It's not going to feel good. Now, of course, the process of translating, transcribing, reimagining, reintegrating the lost knowledge of Charles Manson, none of this is cheap. It costs millions of dollars a minute, maybe even billions. All of it's currently being printed brr, by our good friend Jerome Powell. Is he still Fed chair? Yellen's the Treasury Sec, right? Oh, yeah, that hoe knows how to print money. She's an old-style Danish hooker with herpes. Yeah. That's right. Old-style hooker with Danish-style hookies, herpes. These lectures don't pay for themselves. It costs trillions of dollars a second. And in order to do this, we depend upon our listening audience being generous and making donations so that we can continue the process of bringing these beautiful, wonderful, elegant, fascinating, sexy, amazing, prison-style, gritty lectures of Charles Manson. And you can say to yourself, well, Dan, I can't imagine how much money it costs, but how much do you need? Well, I need, you know, as much as you can afford, which is to say the following. Any of my podcast listeners, listeners to the Little Saigon Report or the Planetary Status Report or the fucking, you know, Charles Manson Lectures, you don't, you aren't required to donate anything. You aren't required to donate one dime. That's not what I'm asking for. That's why I asked for money last, not first. You're not required. I'm not going to yell at you because I know money's tight. What I would say is the following, and it's really, I think, simple. If you've taken care of your food, your water your shelter and you've taken care of the things you need to take care of and you've helped the people you love and after you've done all those things and I mean all of them and you still have a few bucks or bitcoin or silver coins left in your pocket then you are free to donate as much or as little as you want to okay I'm serious if you're a, a billionaire out there who has so much bazillion dollars that you can just throw money around, God bless, I think, and I hope it's the right God. 
But the point is, you know, because there's only one. But the point is, dude, if you're a gazillionaire out there and you're saying, what can I do with my extra cash when we're right on the verge of currency collapse? Well, other than working with my friend Jim Davidson to build intentional freedom-based communities, which I recommend, and you can learn more about that by going to freedomlanddao.com. Other than doing that, you can also donate to my podcast and you can give me millions if you want to. I'll take millions, I'll build a radio station, I'll do shortwave because I think it might be cool. I'll build a shortwave dynasty across the entire planet. They'll call me Shortwave Charlie. Yeah, I don't know how that shortwave thing's going to turn out. Before we go, I just want to let you know that tonight at 11 p.m., Eastern Standard Time, so convert if you're on the West Coast. But tonight at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the WRMI shortwave radio station, and this is and this is a radio station out of Miami, Florida, and the uh, URL is wrmi.net. So there's more information for you there if you want to tune in. The frequency I'll be on, according to their scientists, is 5950 kilohertz. If you can feel that vibration, you'll be touching me. And I'll be touching you through time. It'll be time-touching and dirty and nasty, but we'll be touching each other. And it'll be special. And I promise not to give you the racialist herpes, or the, what we sometimes call the Danish crabs. give you the Danish crabs. So on that note, if you want to try to listen to that podcast, but in reality it's already been posted to my podcast channels uh, other than YouTube, which is currently angry at me for being a medical professional, which I'm not. But other than YouTube, that podcast is already out there, so you probably might have already listened to it. If you didn't, okay. But supposedly at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, it's going to be on the shortwave radio station of WRMI out of Miami on frequency 5950 kilohertz. So there you go. If you're a ham radio dude, if you're a shortwave freak, if you're receiving transmissions from Mars and Jupiter, but they're coming from next week, you may have encountered a time tunnel... You may have encountered a doorway to the future. And this may blow your mind. This could totally screw up your day. You could be receiving text messages from two weeks from now. Can you imagine that, baby? Getting a text message from 2022. On that note of receiving text messages from the future, I hope you guys have a great weekend. Thank you for supporting the Lost Prison-style lectures of Charles Manson. I know that this is crazy-sounding stuff, but 
it is a it is kind of a crazy time, brothers and sisters, isn't it? It's kind of a strange, strange, crazy time. So if the Charles Manson lost lectures are not your cup of tea, or your, you know, I'm not going to say it. I said it enough. If it's not your cup of tea, then don't worry about it. Just take your tea bag, toss it in the garbage, like all good girls should do. Take your tea bag, toss it in the garbage. Don't let your little brother find it. It's gross, and he doesn't understand yet. It's just the nature of sex education in Catholicism in America in the 70s. He just, he doesn't get it. So please, put your tea bag in the garbage.